0: another one of my favorite philosophers krishnamurti uh he has a quote where he says that which is being accumulated is always being destroyed um and that's something that we're always doing not just with material but with our ideas and our beliefs as well we we accumulate these things and we and we hang on to them and we hold them up and we say ah this is what this is i understand this and through that very action uh, we're no longer capable of seeing things clearly, um, seeing things as they are, uh, and, and capable of what we're talking about in terms of, of, of free thought.
1: This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte.
0: Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art.
1: People out there listening to a podcast, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Brandon Evan, and, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about art, about life and about having a free and original thought and the challenge of actually making sure you dig into something that's just real and authentic and original and, and you, that's the big thing. And it's harder than you think because. (laughs) <laughs> the world is constantly suggesting things for us. It's constantly telling us what to think. It's constantly throwing things in our face, trying to capture our attention and get us to put our focus onto things that basically makes other people money. But if you're going to be an artist, if you're going to bring something new and original and game changing, if that's what you're interested in, there is a challenge and we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to kind of hopefully, hopefully, get to the bottom of what it takes to actually do that and, and try to at least face it, or maybe some strategies. I have some ideas as I always do. I'm sure Evan does as well. What do you got for us, Evan? (laughs) Oh
0: man. Well, I mean, I think that this, this conversation is a huge can of worms. Um, you know, and, uh, I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit when you made the comment of it's harder than you think. Um, just in terms of because I, uh, my understanding and perspective on it is that that's precisely the issue is the thinking. It's the thinking side of it. Um, you know, this, this topic is going to get a little bit, I think, philosophical, um, just in terms of my sort of understanding of what we're getting into, obviously the things that you're saying, like, you know, we're talking about conditioning to a large degree, you know, everyone is, um, you know, we're, we're taking in other people's views and opinions and thoughts all the time and those things and we're affected by those things uh, for, you know, a variety of reasons. And um, so this idea of free and original thought, what, what even is that? How does that even occur? How is it, is it even possible to have free? and original thought I think that that's a perfectly legitimate question Um, is it even possible is it even possible to have free and original thought being that we are beings who are um, you know are in constant relationship with our environment and with other people and um, and we're constantly being receiving that stimulation from, from other people and, and exchanging of of thoughts and ideas and, and stuff. And that all has influence. Uh, so is it possible? Can we actually be free of other people's, you know, uh, of other people's stuff so that we can actually get into contact with our own stuff?
1: Is it possible, Brandon? You tell me. <laughs> I think it is. I don't think it's I don't think it's what people think it is though. I I think that's part of the problem. And I do think that thinking is the issue because if you try to think your way to an original thought, if you try to game it, I think you're going to end up just down a cliche down the same road all over again. Um, so, you know, what is a free and original thought? Well, oh, that's my cat he wants to get in on this getting involved come here buddy come on you might as well join us for this podcast um so the, the uh he's got some thoughts he's got thoughts he's got thoughts he's <laughs> living with an artist himself so you know um i like to think so anyway uh okay back on topic so uh, what is free and original thought i mean you know it's kind of like you're taking ideas and you're finding a way to combine them you're finding a way to work with them Sometimes an original thought is just having a unique take on something that's already been thought of a certain way. I don't think it's always reinventing the wheel, although sometimes, occasionally, you stumble across something that just has never been done. No one's ever thought of it, Mm -hmm. and I think those are kind of a little bit random and rare and also hard to work with because they're so raw when they do come into your atmosphere, you know, your perception. But I do think a lot of it is just, you know, critical thinking. And then this is the part of thinking that I actually think plays in. It's where you look at an idea and you actually get critical about it and you go, okay, when have I seen this before? How has this already been presented? How has this already been done? And what's common about this? And you ask those questions so you can get away from the cliche and the almost repeated idea that's already been done. And and by knowing what not to do, you sometimes give yourself more insight in what you could do. And I think that's a beginning, a a really good beginning stage with um, challenging your ideas that are not so original and not so unique. You taught me something once, Evan, or at least you suggested it when I wrote a script. You said, take all the ideas in your script that are anything close to a cliche and just make them your own. And so that might mean you take a cliche idea like birds of a feather flock together. I'm not saying I use that, but let's just say that that's the saying, right? That's a common saying. How could you say that in a way that is your own, that's never been said before? And I found that to be a really great technique for myself to push myself to take sometimes a common idea, but make it a little bit original and make it unique and make it my own and find my voice with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, kind of placing our attention, where we're placing our attention um, a lot of the time, which we talk about a lot on this show, (laughs) where we're putting our attention. And, and yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing because yeah, there's, I don't know if there's really a way to game original thought. Um, I think that there are things that we can do to create conditions for it to occur. Um, but it's not something that I think can be forced out. I think it's sort of, uh, it, it presents itself and, and you used a word, uh, used a word when you were talking, you said stumbled, you know, I think very often, you know, that's what happens is we stumble upon, uh, and people stumble upon new ideas. Sometimes it's when trying to, um. A lot of times it's when trying to solve a problem, you know, like there's, there's some sort of a problem that, that you are facing or that humanity is facing, you know, that people in general, we, we have. And so it's, uh, and there's no answer to it. We don't have any sort of solution or anything. So, you know, putting your attention onto, onto a problem and, and asking the question, well, how can we solve this? Uh, Even in reference to, you know, like when that script that you were talking about, that was a problem right so it's like okay there's a problem of there are some things that are heading into the realm of cliches so how do i make this not a cliche where how can i do and and it forces you to get creative uh and so free and original thought is is creativity i think it's 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 synonymous with with all of that um because One of the tricky things that I wanted to point out too, uh, with this is that you can't with free and original thought. You know, there's what's interesting is you can look at something that someone else is doing, and then just say, "All right, well, I'm going to do the opposite." Well, that's not that's not free and original thought either. That's still something that's that's coming out of a, a response to something that someone has already done. You're just doing the opposite of what somebody else is. So that's not really a free and original thought that's still loaded with its own kind of um, patterning and conditioning. So free and original thought is not just something that's contradictory. You know, like it's easy to simply contradict something. Um, You know, like uh, an example that I heard Fairly recently um, on a podcast um, uh, was essentially because there's a lot of people who are just like, well, it's just like you you can't trust the mainstream media, right? And hey, don't get me wrong, I'm I've I've got a f- my fair share of issues with with how the mainstream media goes about things and its influences, um, but that's not to just simply say well everything that they say is false that the mainstream that comes out of the mainstream media is false well that's that's a fallacy as well that's not that's that's not a free and original response to what's happening right that doesn't demand you to be a critical thinker at that point that's just that's just kind of a knee-jerk reaction to something so um that's just sort of an example of one that i see a lot these days, It's like, well, everything they say is wrong. It's like, well, that's not true. And that's not a, an intelligent response to, you know, the, what are very real issues that are happening there, but that's not, that's not an intelligent response to it. Um, so likewise in creativity, in, in free and original thought, it can't simply be something that's a contradiction to the status quo.
1: Yeah. I agree. That's it. I'll turn it over to you, Brandon. (laughs) I agree. I think you bring up a couple of good points. One is that, you know, oversimplifying creative and original thought as though it's like this or that it's black or white, it's all or none, you know, that's a very limited idea. That's actually the opposite of free and original thought because free and original thought usually finds something that is not commonly seen. It's something that people don't necessarily just pluck out as obvious, but the artist has a way of seeing it and pulling it out and going like, you know, did you notice this? Did you, could you see it this way? And through that, I think, um, the perceiver of the art has a kind of an appreciation for it. I, I think of like comics like this, they take something that everybody's talking about and then they'll, find some unique take on it, some interesting way of looking at it. And Mm -hmm. and they make it entertaining because they make it funny, but the ones who do it really well, they make you look at something in a way that isn't so obvious. And that's creative. That's unique. And it's original. And like, you know, people like someone like uh, some of my favorites are like Dave Chappelle or, you know, Bill Burr. Um, uh, You know, they, they, there's a couple guys who they, They will be ridiculous in certain ways that they bring their humor in, but there's always this like little bit of truth in it and and you can kind Mm -hmm. of appreciate it because um, it, it has a certain amount of like, like I get that. And also comedians are interesting because sometimes they'll push on things that, you know, you can't, they're not appropriate to talk about. And I think free and original thought is not, it's, its you gotta let go of needing to be appropriate and needing to fit in and needing to be liked. Um, and there's a quote I wanted to read. Yeah. There's a quote I wanted to read, I'll just read it now because I think it might be a good time. But I think this is helpful to the artist um, among other things. <laughs> this is a Mark Twain quote. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. I just love that because it's like you know just because everybody's thinking a certain way or everybody's looking at it a certain way or it's appropriate to see it that way i think as an artist that's when you start to go okay let's just question it let's just be audacious let's just challenge the narrative a little bit let's challenge the idea a little bit let's just look and i mean i might be wrong you know these ideas that i come up with or things i stumble across might be totally out of left field and not make sense but But by doing that, you you stop just being kind of a cog in a wheel and some suggestible little clod of like, you're just going with the flow and you have no original thought and no original say, and you're just a part of the whole wave of things, right? And those counter ideas, they're not only sometimes profound, and entertaining, but they can actually change the way society looks at things, they can change the way people look at their lives. And those are the things I think that people really appreciate. So, um, you know, I think some of the things you brought up, I mean, I'll just to kind of reiterate, oversimplification, black or white, this or that, right or wrong, you know, that type of stuff. I think that's not where art exists. Art exists in the gray areas. It exists in the, you know, the nuances and the things that are not so obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you bring a, a lot of good things up and I love that quote that you, you brought in Mark Twain. He's always great. And he was, you know, a comedian himself. Um, and comedians are, you know, some of like the, the most free and original thinkers that there are a comedy has a way of, of doing that because, you know, it's like well what's what's funny about a very serious issue that everyone's you know all you know got their you know got everything up in a twist about um but what i like about that quote is it's not saying again like to be to just go against it you know like if you find yourself in the majority it's just like oh that means that you're in the wrong it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong it just means that take a second to just have, like reflect on that. Think about it. Think about the position that, um, the position that you're in, because, uh, there can be a loss of, of self in there. There can be a loss of that free and, and original thought when you, cause you might just be kind of going along with the fashionable, um, thoughts and opinions of, of the day and, and never really given it some time. And maybe that maybe it's the right position ultimately, but you won't know that until you've actually questioned it until mm-hmm. you've actually looked into it and, and explored it and played around with it, which is, um, you know, again, that's kind of what comedians do, you know, they kind of grab onto an idea and they mold it and they play around with it and they, and they shift it around and, and come away with some kind of perspective. I think that that's why, you know, the best comedians, you know, they're not just making you laugh, but they're making you think Mm -hmm. on, on on a deeper level about something, what the truly great comedians do. And you know, it's also not surprising when you just hear a comedian, you know, in an interview or something, you know, like they have just fascinating insights to offer, you know, like aside from, you know, making jokes about things, but there's um there's a a deep level of thought thoughtfulness that um that's the hallmark I think of of great of great comedians.
1: Mm. Yeah, there you know, I think and even to just take it away from like comedians for a moment like yeah. the I I think they're a good example of, of challenging like some of these mainstream narratives. But if you live your whole life, just kind of doing what everyone else does and always going with the flow and always just trying to fit in and be liked, where are you in that? Like, who are you? You're, you're really nothing. And I don't mean that as like a slight on anybody, like you're nothing as a person, you are something, but you'll never get to experience that because part of experiencing yourself is in your ability to defy, you know, in your ability to challenge in your ability to be disliked. And I think one of the big challenges about culture today is people want to be liked so badly that they give up their whole life. And I think we see an incredible amount of depression for people who use a lot of social media because that whole system is based around like me, like me, like this, like, like, let like, tell me this is good. Tell me you validate this. And yeah. To be a original artist, you, you need to not go for validation because mainstream or common thought is like it's, it's kind of boring, right? It's like, it's usual, it's predictable. And in a noisy world, you're you're nothing. Like you don't sound like anything, right? Like it's just the same thing. And when you have an original thought, it might be ignored. It might be disliked, but at least it's something, it's an approach. It's, it's an attempt to challenge. It's a, an attempt to try something. And I think we have to look at it as like a risk. It's like a necessary risk to consider taking um, in your creative journey. And it's not all about being disliked. It's not all about going against um, counterculture and, you know, being defiant. But I think that if you care too much about what people think of you, if you want to be liked so badly or accepted so badly, you're not only giving up your creative ability, you're giving up your sense of self and you're essentially becoming an invisible like nothing in the world, you're just, you really are nothing because you you stand out in no way other than being accepted. So, mm-hmm. I get asked people this question: Why do you want to be liked so bad? Why? And and do you like these people that you want to be liked by? And are they the kind of people that you want to model? You know, you got to ask these questions because you know you might be trying to get affirmation and like from people that you don't even care about. And why are you going to give up your entire self just to be liked or accepted, you know? Um, and you might end up being a part of something you don't want to be a part of just because you're trying to get their approval and their like, and their acceptance. So it, it's mm-hmm. challenging because it means standing out on your own. And, you know, we can get into the nature of why that's challenging out of it itself, but original thought means that you have something that no one else has you know that you're willing to do something that not everyone else is doing and that's not always going to be liked
0: yeah there's there's okay so there's there is a territory that i do want us to kind of go and explore um in in what you're saying and and this topic in general i wanted to say like uh, there's there's a a quote that i wanted to share as well that that came to mind as we've been having this conversation from uh, the great sufi poet rumi forget safety live where you fear to live destroy your reputation be notorious hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he was a and he was a you know a very spiritual guy and i think that there's a lot of um interesting sort of things that i think um he was probably inferring to which I kind of want to dive into at this point. But so, you know, we've brought up this word, you know, self a few times. And I think that that's an interesting thing to explore in relationship to this conversation. Um, Because there's something that I believe is kind of paradoxical about, about self, this sense of self in this conversation, because i I think that when free and original thought occurs, and i'll I'll lump action into it as well when when free and original thought and action um actually occur um there is almost no sense of self that's going on when that when in that space um I think that that has to almost disappear in order for that to happen. That sort of sense of, I am doing this, and I am, you know, going to do this, and it is going to do this and have this effect and, and whatever it is that that's, there's already a bunch of, there's already a bunch of things that present an issue immediately. Like, I, I don't know about you, but even just saying those few statements i'm like it's it's evident it's self-evident that when that's an operation that free and original thought can't occur because again it's all in relationship to some sort of external thing right like as long as as the that's kind of happening it's is that influence is occurring free and original thought isn't happening so I kind of wanted to talk about i don't want to talk about it i want to try as much as possible not talk about it in in an esoteric sense um but you know uh, let's bring in this word that i think is more agreeable for uh a universal a more universal group of people but this the the sense of flow which we've talked about which there's been uh you know a number of books written about it there's a lot of research that goes into that that has gone into the, what we call the state of flow and the state of flow is described as one where the sense of self actually disappears and it's it's a state where we are basically at our highest functioning where basically every every part every faculty that we we have is basically firing on all cylinders, all coming together um, in whatever it is you're engaged in doing, whether um, it's in athletics, which is often where um, it occurs and where a lot of people experience it. It happens in art uh, all the time where suddenly you just, you kind of just get lost in the process of whatever it is that you're doing. And there's no sense of you doing it. There's just, there's just doing it. Mm. is kind of the, the, the sensation of flow. And I think that that's where, I think that that's where free and original thought starts is, is actually born from. So I'll stop for now. What do you think
1: about all that? Brandon, I think you, okay. You bring in some good things. The whole idea of flow is obviously an important part of it. I mean, the, the, what we're trying to navigate here is challenging because it calls on many of the artist laws that we've talked about and many things kind of have to come in to play to really fully flesh this one out and work it out. So when it comes to flow, I think, you know, it's not so much about going against the flow that makes you original. It's more, I would say about a divergence, you know, so you're, you're, you see yourself in the stream, right in the river of whatever, And everybody's kind of going down this stream and thinking this way and doing life this way. And the divergence is where you kind of see, Hey, wait a minute. Like, what if we kind of went over here and, and, and took a path away from it and it becomes your own way. And it might connect back to the river at some point, but you diverge off onto like a path of your own, something that kind of exposes a wider view of the landscape, if you want to call it that, you know, in this analogy that I'm kind of manufacturing here, (laughs) but uh, like, you know, you can still go with the flow and keep a certain sense of still going in the same direction as everybody, but doing it in a way where it's not necessarily a part of everything that everyone else is doing. It can be kind of like outside of the norm, you know what I mean? And I think there's an original thought in that there's original ideas in that. And then this whole idea of the self, I think the whole idea of the self is, yeah, if you, if it's about ego, if it's about like, I'm this, I'm special, I'm the creative one, you actually undermine all your creativity because now it becomes about you and it becomes this like self-serving kind of thing. And you're not actually trying to do anything, but serve yourself. And through that, you actually kind of pollute the original thing that you might've been doing, right? Because it's actually just trying to serve your own self. And so I think self is kind of one of those things you discover it through diverging through defying, through, um, going a different route and exploring and in the exploration, it comes to light. Hey, there's something about me. I never knew existed because now that I'm not a part of the main river, the main stream here, I'm all of a sudden alone going on my own flow for a moment and look at this. I actually, when I'm not around all these other people or all this thinking or all these ideas, I actually see it this way. And when I don't care whether they accept me or not, whether I'm with them or not, and I can actually flow on my own, I begin to understand a little bit more about how I see things separately from all of that. And then when you enter back into it, if you do, you you see yourself as a part of it, but also that you can separate from it. And that gives you a certain amount of freedom. Whereas the reason why I said that people never find themselves by always going with the flow or always going with the majority or the whole like like thing or the acceptance thing is when you're always a part of the mainstream, right? Mainstream. That's kind of perfect. When you're always a yeah. part of that, you don't see yourself as separate from it. You just see yourself as it. And so you don't know yourself because it's always going that way and you're just always a part of it. So this divergence or this kind of defying needing it, you know, this willingness to venture out is a bit of a risk, you know, but you get to see yourself in there. And I think that gives you a certain amount of freedom and flexibility and perspective that the people that get caught in just doing it the way everyone does it, they just never see, and they never see themselves because of it. So I don't know if that explains it, but um, that, that was one point. I want to mention one other thing, because you brought in something interesting, kind of the spiritual side of it. I think there is a spiritual element to it. I don't think that people, I mean, you at least hinted at that. I don't think people are always as open to this idea, but I always ask my class, and you know, I, I have a bunch of different artists I work with, but I, I always ask them like what animates you like what makes you do what you do what makes you think the way you think and 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 get up in the morning and go about what you go about and if what animates you is not exciting and it's not interesting, and you just do it because you have to. I mean, is that the life that you want animating you? Or do you want something that's like, I'm passionate and excited about this, and I want to find out about that, and I want to, you know, and I want to see if I'm capable of this. Like, if those types of things animate you, I think you open yourself up to a much richer experience of your spiritual life, of of yourself, you know, because I don't think Mm -hmm. you are just I don't think what animates you is just what you're told to animate you. I think there's actually something inside of you. And if you were willing to investigate it, you might find out that there's so much more to you than you realize. And, um, you know, last night when I was teaching my class, you know, all the students were just like, I'm so grateful that we're doing this and we're part of this and we're whatever. And I'm not trying to promote the class. I'm promoting the idea that what they're grateful for is that, they all got together and they challenge each other to think on their own and like live the lives that they want to live, you know, as opposed to just kind of getting caught in the, in the lives that they were living. And that's my hope for people. And you know, that's why I do this podcast is why I do everything, because it's like, I just want people to like, to get out of their depression, to get out of these like boring kind of like, rudimentary routine lives that they're doing, not because they really want them, but because they think they have to, or because they think they were told and they've never challenged the idea. And I want them to just test, like just explore something new, something original, something about yourself. And I think if you do that just a little bit, you'll begin to get a taste for it. And you'll be like, Hey, I, maybe I could go further. Maybe I could go wilder. Maybe I could venture out beyond the norm of what I think my life is. And I think there's exciting things to find there. So I don't know, Evan. I mean, I talked a lot, (laughs) but this is kind of my take on it. It's, 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 it's a divergence and the divergence is a discovery of self, not a trying to be divergent. So I'm special, but you discover it by being divergent. You start to go, Oh, Hey, look at this. This is kind of unique about me. I never realized this. Hey, it's Evan with a
0: quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast and we can all be people helping other people. And that's awesome. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's almost, that's like, that's what what's evident about that is that that's something that you, you sort of look back on and understand. Yes. You know, you sort of look back on it, it's like, Oh, I never understood this. It's like, again, it's like, you know, earlier on, you used the word stumbled, you know, you stumble upon this thing. It's like, oh, I never quite realized that. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, I, I can't do this one word for word or anything, but I can share the idea um, uh, that I was quite struck with from uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle. And there was this one part in the book where he was talking about, because obviously it's about now you know the power of now about presence about when we what happens to us as human beings when we truly get present and part of the 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 challenge of that and the issue of that that um that comes up with getting truly present is um you know a a lot of people have this idea of your who you are is going to like disappear in a kind of a negative way, you know, it's like, well, who, who will I be if I'm not all of these sort of ideas of myself that I'm carrying around with me? Um, but what he goes on to say is that like the state of just of, of, of awareness and presence that you carry with you is actually the way is, is actually the way in which the you is actually fully expressing itself. Like you are more fully you when you're being present than you ever are without these sort of ideas and identifications of of who you think you are could possibly be. Um, so I think that that's a big part of this conversation as well in terms of free and original thought is that it is present. It is continually present and it's never. Uh, it's never at rest Uh, like another one of my favorite philosophers Krishnamurti uh, he has a quote where he says that which is being accumulated is always being destroyed Um, and that's something that we're always doing not just with material but with our ideas and our beliefs as well we we accumulate these things and we and we hang on to them and we hold them up and we say ah this is what this is I understand this and through that very action uh we're no longer capable of seeing things clearly um seeing things as they are uh and and capable of what we're talking about in terms of 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 free thought Hmm. um because as long as i have an idea of whatever this situation is that is in front of me um then i i'm susceptible to missing a potentially crucial piece of what this is actually is and i think that that's almost part of the trap is that we can have these moments of genuine free original thought and and we see something we understand something from a new way um and the problem is that can happen is that then we we grab onto it and we go kind of marching around with it saying like, look, I have the answer. Now I have Mm -hmm. the answer. And it's just like, well, that eventually is not going to be the answer. It could be an answer in a certain moment. It could be an answer in this moment, but it's not necessarily one for the next moment. Um, so that's, that's another challenge in this whole thing is that even when we have it, and this is something that's, uh, definitely in in particularly in buddhism uh they is they talk about and there's it's a warning to students you know when this happens it's like when a student kind of has their first moment of realization in um in i think zen that that use the the word is called satori and it's it's a type of understanding you come you have a a new sense of um very much often described as that loss of sense of self, your understanding of yourself as being completely connected to the entire universe, that that type of thing. And for a young student, they're, they're, the the masters and the teachers always caution. They say it's like yes, v- good like this is very good. it's a nice home like like sort of mark that you've you've hit on on your path but don't get attached to it Mm. it's neither good nor bad because that experience can be so powerful because that's that that's the caution it's like yes you've had an extremely powerful experience which is very important but because it's powerful it also presents a potential danger because you're going to get hung up on that experience oh i've had this incredible experience i see and and totally understand you know the the life like all of life in the universe and all of this stuff and it's just like there's there's still work to be done you know because now you've gotten trapped in in another thing so it's this sort of thing of like you have to let go of that Mm. you've had that experience but you have to let go of it at the same time and it's the same thing with free and original thought you can have it And it can be remarkable and it can be exciting and inspiring and thrilling. And it can, it can have profound effects, not only in your life, but in in the lives of others. It's not to say that it can't do that, but that, um, it's not, it's also not a point where you say, all right, all done. You know, where you dust your hands off and it's like, it's all finished now. It's like, nope, there's, there's, there's new things to, to discover. There's new um, territories to be, to be navigated.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. There is a, this in it, well, particularly in our culture, but I think across the world, you know, there is a certain kind of seductiveness about comfort and security that people sometimes they strive for and they get convinced is, is, is a good idea. And. I think there's a certain amount of comfort and security, which is good to kind of, it's like a, you kind of keep it around, you know, you kind of maintain it as much as you can. But I think it's one of those things that you need to be willing to abandon. And I think that comfort and security are very, they they can be nice things, but they can be very dangerous things. And especially for people who want to be creative or they want to live a really like fulfilled life. I think that, you know, a lot of people, they end up working jobs that they don't want to work and they work them for a really long time because they get convinced that security and comfort are more important or the most important. And if you were to really get them to stop and really ask them some questions, like, do you love what you do? Are you happy? Is, you know, is this what you, you know, hoped and dreamed of, you know, um, uh, does your future look exciting and bright, you know, and you really critically ask them questions about these things that they've kind of adopted, the, it would, it would challenge a lot of that. And part of the security and comfort thing is, you know, I think those things actually keep you from exploring. They keep you from venturing out and they keep you from betting on yourself. And I, I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit free and original thought is about, not about like, I'm going to go and adventure out and I'm going to get exactly what I need and exactly what I want. It's more like, I'm going to venture out and see if I come across something that is really valuable and important and interesting. And if you continue to venture, if you continue to push yourself out of comfort and security, if you continue to bet on yourself, the chances are you will discover something original and unique and cool and exciting and, and, and worth kind of having almost a transformational experience over. But when you have that experience, it's just one of many, you know, and I think we can begin to anchor ourselves into it. And and that's a mistake. Like for example, when I was a young man, I was like 16. I made my first film and it won in a festival and all of this and very much i anchored myself to filmmaking because it was such a great experience to have a victory with that you know and to have this experience of not only winning but to make the film and do all that and so from 16 onward i kind of became like i'm a filmmaker and filmmaking is what i do and i'm going to dedicate my life to filmmaking and then acting kind of came along a little bit after that and i'm like i'm an actor you know and i'm an actor and i'm a filmmaker and you know and i just was anchored to that. And they're something that I've come to realize as I've, you know, gotten to this stage in my life that like, those are just interests. They aren't me. They aren't my identity. And if I don't let them go, I actually become trapped within them. And there's so much more creative exploration to do. And it doesn't mean that I don't ever act again, or I don't ever make films again. But, but you're right. There, there's these things. You have these great experiences or these enlightened moments. And then all of a sudden you just go, well, that's me. I'm that now. And that's what I do. And my whole life needs to be that. And something that I've kind of been challenging recently is going, okay, well, let's entertain the idea that I'm not a filmmaker. Like like I make films, but I'm not that's not my identity. What if I unanchored from that? What if I even unanchored from the whole film industry? And I just said, let's, let's see if there's something else out there. And it was very, very challenging to do to essentially pull up this anchor. But once I did, I started to go, well, if I'm not anchored to that, I have new options, new possibilities and new places I could go and things I could do and things I could try. And it's not an easy thing, but it, but it has opened up a whole new world for me as far as like where I could live, you know um, what kind of, where I could put my attention, where, what I could build. Um, And I think that part of life is this, it's expansive, but it's only as expansive as we allow it to be. And when we, when we stick too much to identity and security and comfort, we don't let our life be expansive and i think that it becomes small because we continue growing but we outgrow the the anchor right we we become a bigger ship so to speak and we we become a bigger fish in the sea if you want to call it that and we can swim farther and venture out more but we don't because we get comfort in hanging out in the similar common idea right and that's kind of where creativity needs to be explored it's like you need to get out of that common comfortable idea you need to explore into the uncomfortable into the where it's not so secure where it's not so identified and you need to like look there you know and and just investigate it and you might find out that by doing that you actually you know not only find out something about yourself, but you find some really cool things. And you can bring that back to the people who have stayed in their security and stayed in their comfort. And you can show them and they'll go, wow, what an interesting idea. What an interesting perspective. What a creative thing. And really all you did was you were willing to venture out of the norm, willing to venture out of the comfort and security. And you have something now that people value because you were the adventurer. You went out and you brought something back to show everybody. I think, Mm -hmm. I feel, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You,
0: you think you feel, Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's, this has been, um, you know, this is a really interesting conversation and it definitely, it touches upon, you know, a lot of common, you know, a lot of themes that we often talk about here on this, on, on this show, you know, like the, you know, presence, the unknown, you know vision you know heading out in a direction um, not not necessarily knowing exactly um, how you're going to get there but there's something that's that's pulling you along the way and in a kind of openness and and acceptance of 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 that not knowing and and But being willing to to see what's there and throw aside any sense of uh, preconceived notions or judgments you have about about what there is. There's like this. There's a whole, you know, there's a whole host of treasures that are that become available when you're when you're able to do that, you know, like that's um, You know so much about you know in my own classroom what it's about it's just like there's there's so much that comes out of out of you as an actor when you truly become grounded in in the present moment yeah and moment to moment to moment but it feels like it's not enough it feels like you have to have you know that and that's part of usually what i come up against in the initial stages of of training is there's all of these ideas there's all of these actors and i I, i'm not saying that i didn't do the same thing because i do still do sometimes and have to be mindful of it but you know all of these ideas about you know what this is and how this is supposed to be and what an actor does and and what a great actor does and and all of these things just are usually just more baggage you know they're just more baggage that you're hauling around with you that isn't even necessary. Um, and and we, you know, we think that we need to hang on to them. We think that those these are the things that are going to get us to where we want to go, but they ultimately only they ultimately only you know prevent us from from doing the thing that we're trying to do. Um, and by getting present, by having that willing openness to confront and, and be with that unknown space that's right in front of us. um, And, and acknowledge it and not only acknowledge it, but to embrace it, then suddenly there's all of this um, incredible life and energy and vitality that becomes available to an actor. And, and the weird part of it is like it, it, once you start to do that, um, it feels like you're doing nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's like, in many ways, it's, it's kind of a similar process to what I was talking about earlier is that you have this experience that you've been working, that we've been working towards uh, helping you to find where it is this kind of the sense of of incredible abandonment of uh of your your performance being so so connected and grounded in in the moment from moment to moment to moment to moment and it feels like you're doing nothing and so then there's this kind of temptation to try and do more again (laughs) Because there's this distrust of it, it's just like and the, because it's like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, so I have to do something, and it's like, no, 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 just keep keep just living and existing in this present situation and seeing and and seeing what's there, seeing what's there over and over and over again in every in every second, in every split second yeah and and how far that will take you you know, and it's,
1: it's extraordinary how far it will take you. You you know, you bring up a really good point and I've, I've done your, your class before. And that's, it's so true that that is a lot of how you facilitate it. You create an environment where, you know, you're helping people to be present and trust the moment and not try to need to do more. And I think this is one of the key elements of, you know, free and original and creative thought is like, to be present and to be like truly in the moment and let that moment be enough that you're not trying to do any little extras. You're not trying to put anything on it. You're just being present to it and letting it, letting it show you as opposed to like, I'm going to show you, like (laughs) let it show you, let it expose. Um, the, The thing is, is, What I, what I found is fascinating things happen when people are willing to let things happen when they, when they are present and open and true and authentic to the moment. And they're not, and by, by authentic and true, I mean, you're not true and authentic when you're trying to do something to be liked or be accepted. That's not true and authentic. I've seen actors in class. Um, you know, do these uh, exercises where they they hold back an instinct to say something and the teacher will be like, no, just say it. Say the thing that you were going to say, you know, do the thing you were going to do. And um, actually, one of the teachers I had who was extremely helpful for me with this was Matthew Harrison. Um, he did a really good job at helping me see that sometimes the inappropriate thing that you want to do or you want to say, the thing that you constantly stifle and hold yourself back from is actually going to open up a door to something so profound and so interesting. And when you're with a bunch of actors, this is one thing I've always loved about acting, if you're in a good class, in a good environment with a good teacher that's really facilitating a healthy thing because that's not always the case. So I don't want to make a blanket statement. But when you're in a healthy acting class with a good, responsible teacher and good students who are genuinely there to build and grow together and be supportive of each other, amazing things can really happen because people can help you work through your limitations and your blocks. Um, Another thing that I'll bring in just while I'm kind of on this topic is the very first filmmaking class that I ever did, the very first meeting that we had, all the students came in to the room and I gave them a bit of a spiel about this is what we're going to do. And this is how I want you to think. And this is how this is all going to go. And during that talk, I said, you know, something about, and you could have an Oscar winning film, you know, and I, I said some kind of comment, like it could be absolutely great. You know, and I, I, I presented that. And one of the, um, one of the guys came to me afterwards and he said, You know, that first class, and you said you could have this Oscar winning film, it could be great and win all of these awards and all this stuff. I remember scoffing at that and being like, Everyone's making their first film. How could that possibly be? And he said, You know, you made me realize that I just had this very small idea of what was possible. And I was living in this box. Mm-hmm that making your first film could never be great, could never be anything special. And um, although nobody in that class won incredible awards with their film, it was in the second class that I had a client who she cleaned up. She won like everything. She won like 20 something plus awards, best actress, best screenplay, best film, best whatever, best, best, a whole lot of stuff. And it was her very first film. And the thing is, is that she's a good example of somebody who just said, okay, you told me it's possible. So you said it's possible. I'm just going to accept that that's possible. I'm going to act as though it is. And she did. And she went full out and, you know, and that's not always going to happen. But the thing is, is that you got to be, you got to look at your, your, your limiting beliefs and your limiting thoughts. And you really got to be critical and, and question them because there is this problem. I think we all face where we think, well, I'm not that special. I don't, have anything great to say. I'm maybe not that smart or that good looking or that witty or that funny or whatever you tell yourself. And you need to seriously confront those ideas and say like, what if that is not true? What if I just haven't had the opportunity to find out? Like, what if I just haven't ever challenged that? You know, what if you had a parent that just told you like, you're not smart when you were a kid and you carried that belief through your whole life up until now, and your parent was fucking wrong. You know, you gotta be willing to like, your teachers were wrong. Like everybody that told you anything could have been wrong. I could be wrong, but you need to be willing to, to not just take everything as though you know it especially when it comes to like, what's possible for you. And I think free and original thought, part of the challenge is we have these limiting beliefs that we never question. We never challenge and we never like shake them and be like, what if you don't exist? What if you're not real? What if I've been living with you as like, like a boundary of my life and you just don't exist. What if I tried to step beyond the boundary of this and exist as though I am smart. I am good looking. I am, uh, funny. I am witty. What if I tried? And you might find out that you are, and it's just because you've never tried that you think you're not. And this is kind of the whole spiritual identity self thing we were talking about earlier. Your idea of self is only an idea. And at any point, you could venture out and be creative and find out that whoever you thought you were is not true, doesn't exist, and is actually not even close to who you really are. And I think that's a really important part of like facing the challenge of what we're talking about is that, you know, you need to unanchor from whoever it is that you think you are and what you think you're supposed to be and what you think your limitations are and, you know, dare to try bet on yourself, you know, try walking outside the boundaries of who you are and see what happens, you know, and if you keep doing it, you might just find out that you can actually exist out there and you just never thought you could. That's what I think, and that's what I feel, that's Evan. Great, that's, <laughs> that's some great stuff,
0: man. Those are some great things to think and some great things to feel. Let's um, let's talk about uh, some bubbly for a second. All right, let's do it. How about you make that? it
1: sound like champagne. that work for you? <laughs> oh, I guess so. But it is not champagne. It is bre- the suds. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah, go I first. I should have said the suds. That's probably the what it should have gone. All right. I'm having uh, something... I'm having something from Russell Brewing Company uh, and I'm having their West Coast IPA, which is a strong 6.4% alcohol, (laughs) but you wouldn't know it's very tasty. It's, it's pretty hoppy. So if you're not into super hoppy, it might not be the one for you, but if you are, then it definitely is. It's good. It's a nice, it's a nice beer. You know, I tried, I tried to change it up a little bit. We've been doing a lot of Pilsners. So I went IPA, I went a little hard. There you go. Nice. I uh I
0: didn't quite go as uh, crazy as you did. Uh I've got one from uh, Strange Fellows. Strange Fellows Brewing. And uh just cuz it was seemed like the right time of the year for it. Uh I'm drinking their Ludwig. Ludwig German style fest beer. Oh, nice. So it's like a German It's uh yeah, it's it's a very sort of light uh Almost, almost like it's more than a, it's more than a lager, it, but it's, uh, I don't know exactly how to characterize it per se, but it's good. It's really good. It's got like a nice, it's light, but it's got a lot of flavor to it. So nice. it's a winner. It's a winner for me.
1: <laughs> a winner. Well, I guess we're in that time where we wrap things up.
0: I guess um, we are.
1: All right. I'm uh, you know, I, I, I just I kind of come back to the same idea, you know, at the end of the day. And it's just it's kind of all about encouraging people to bet on themselves and venture out of, you know, what's common and usual. And I think that, you know, I, I, I don't think I could ever say this enough. The the day that you disband needing to be liked and accepted is the day that you become an artist. It's the day that you become free of the constraints of common, uh, like usual, predictable, cliche stuff. And it's difficult. I get that. It's difficult. It goes against our nature. I mean, you know, you got to trust that you're more than what you think you are you just you you are so much more than whatever it is and this this goes from the most enlightened person would probably be the only person that could really hear this for sure because if you're super enlightened you know that even in enlightenment that you there's so much more and that's part of what like the enlightenment is is that you you only have a tiny little minuscule fraction of understanding and perspective of what's going on here. It's so little, it's so tiny. And for you to cling to that, like it's your whole world and that you actually know a lot is, is so ridiculous. So break away from the fact that you know anything at all and let yourself explore beyond whoever it is you think you are and whatever you think your life's supposed to be and whatever you think's possible, and everything, and I mean everything, is up for question. It's up for challenge. It's up for debate. And when you begin to free yourselves of the constraints of knowing, you, you free yourself. You literally free yourself because knowledge is power, but it's knowing what you don't know that's power. It's not in the knowing what you know. I think most people live in this, this, I know a lot. I know these things. I'm telling you one thing, and I can guarantee this. And and you know what? You might know the most of anybody in the world, and you still know very little about the world and the universe and everything else. You know so little, even if you know the most. And people who think that they know a lot and they value that that's an over identification with knowledge. So free yourself from what, you know, venture into the unknown. It's abundant. It's, there's so much of it. You're so you've so much space to explore and all the original ideas and, and all the best parts of your life exist somewhere that you've never even seen yet. And that is your job. That's what you're meant to do in my opinion. And, you know go out there with a little bit of wonder and a little bit of excitement and see what you find and come back and tell us about it and make some art about it because i think it'll be beautiful if you are willing to do that because you're not going to find very much in the known you're going to find it all in this unknown area and that's where it's going to be interesting and cool so i implore everybody to go on adventure see what's out there
0: yeah well said well said um yeah i think that that just to piggyback a little bit off of that, you know, I think that, yes, yeah, so much of us, we're obsessed with knowing, obsessed with knowing, obsessed with, with knowing, but actually living in the space of not knowing and being cool with that, being all right with, because there is, there's a futility of knowing, you know, because there's an infinite amount to know and it doesn't mean that we, that we just stop, learning about things it's that that's a different thing knowing and learning are are, you know there's a relationship but there's they're not the same thing you know and the learning is you know knowing is kind of like a can become a bit of a stagnant thing learning is a continually moving operating living thing that uh, that we work with and the best place to learn is, is in that space of like, I don't know, just, I don't know. And, and, and being in that, in that sort of space, um, in, in, a, in a kind of openness, there's what, you know, now, and then there's what you're going to know later on. And, and that's always going to be shifting. And I think as far as, as again, like the, in the pursuit of original and free thought um there is no there is no system to doing that there's no you know step 1 do this step 2 do this it's something that you have to kind of figure out on your own it's something you you almost have to feel your way into uh cuz no one can really tell you how to do it all i can say about it is that uh, as i say all the time is uh, attention is magic you know attention is magic when you put your attention on something wholeheartedly um and with the intention of of understanding you know with the with the intention of of learning something new um, from that place, that I think that you create the potential for something to happen, um, whether you are no no matter what what it is you do, but you know within within artists, you know it's it's waiting to see what that next note wants to be. um as an actor, I know it's it's what's the truth of this moment that's happening right now with this person in front of me? how they're talking to me, how they're treating me, um, how I feel about all of those things and, and all of that happen, happening in an instant and just paying attention. And then something, when you do that, it's like you're you're, putting your, you're reaching your hands into that sort of unknown space and pulling them out, sometimes not knowing what you're about to pull out, but it's exciting and um, it can take you farther than than what you think you know. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative
1: conversation going.